0: Here we go. Welcome to the Nine Route Fantasy Football
1: Podcast.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott uh, heading into week 11 already. Oh, my gosh. It's... It's flying, folks. Uh, You know, we're in basically like mid-November now. Uh, Turkey is around the corner. Uh, The holidays, just hard to believe, which means your fantasy football season is starting to wind down. Right now, you probably know if you're a contender or a pretender. Uh, We're getting into the home stretch. You know, playoffs start for some leagues sooner than later, and it's going to be a a wild ride to the finish. I know in in our league of record, Pat, you and I are – Fighting to the bottom, as we say, and, and maybe hoping to angle back in our toilet bowl uh, to get back in the action and, and look to maybe secure a, a top pick moving forward for next year. How'd you how'd you make out this week? I, I, I up and down. I got blown out by 110 in one league, but I had no shot anyway. And then won a couple other weeks so far. how you how'd you fare this week?
1: Well, I'm still winning in the leagues that. I've been winning in, which is good. So the the ones that I'm I'm bound for the playoffs. It looks like, I think I have one I'll, after this week. I'll have a nine and one team, an eight and two team, and a seven and three team. All should be playoff contenders. And then a couple leagues I'm not doing all that well. But that's, that's the nature of fantasy football. So I just hope that you know I keep winning in the leagues where you know I have some some possible playoff potential. I don't actually think I'm. Like middling in any leagues, I think I'm either like really a couple games above 500 or enough below 500 to where there's no shot. Like in our league of record, I don't think either one of us could smell the playoffs if it if it crop dusted us when it went by. <laughs> um, it's just been a bit. It's been a bad year for both of us. I, I think uh, I played my brother this week, and it was probably his worst week of the season. Mm-hmm. It's he's, a, he's one of the shot. winning teams and he just got a freebie because my team can, I think I had three players on my team put up du- double digit points. Yep. Three players and uh, not any of them more than 12.6 points. So uh, yeah, just a really, a really bad week in, in some of those leagues. But like I said, the ones that I'm winning in, uh, I continue to win in. So that's good. The ones that I'm losing in, I'll continue to lose in and that's fine as well. Cause usually what happens is if those things turn around, the guys that you have on your better rosters end up being the guys who end up not shining because the guys that are on your terrible teams turn things around and, and do a little bit better. So take the losses where I have to take them in order to keep winning in the spots where uh, things are going well. So I can't really complain about that. I, I did uh, I did make a, f- a few dollars this week betting. Funny story, I uh, you know all the Josh Allen news came out early in the week. About him potentially not playing, he was missing practice. It looked like he was going to be out. Early in the week, I uh, put a couple bucks on the Minnesota Vikings to win outright. <laughs> as it turns out, Josh Allen plays. As we all know, anybody who you know watched the game yesterday, the Bills were up thirteen or up ten, about to go up thirteen at one point, or, or could have gone up thirteen. Decided to go for it on fourth down. Uh, Josh Allen throws a pick in the end zone. They end up only you know only being up ten. But uh, on the app that I use for betting, which I know you use as well, which is the the fan Sportsbook, they have the cash out option on there. So at any point in time during the game, you can generally cash out your bet. If you're up, you can, you know, make a little bit. If you're down, you can salvage a little bit of your bet and, and cash out early, taking a smaller loss than obviously the full amount. So it's in overtime. The bills are about to either score to tie it with less than two minutes left or win the game. And like I said, I have I have a couple bucks on the Vikings. So I'm like, you know what? Let me cash this out now. I think I had like a 20 on there. It was offering me like 16 bucks to cash out. So I'm like, all right, let me take it because no way am I going to win the bet. It's either the Bills are either going to tie this thing and it's going to end in a tie or the Bills are going to score a touchdown and I'm going to end up losing. So I go to cash it out. And as soon as I go to click the button, it creeps out on me and disappears. And it says cash out not available. So I was like, are you kidding me right now? So I'm like, all right, well, there's that twenty bucks down the drain. And literally the very next play, Josh Allen throws an interception and the Vikings end up winning the game and uh end up cashing out. I ended up winning for I think it was sixty bucks. I think it was whatever it was like two to one, uh two and a half to one, something like that, in the beginning of the week. So got a little bit lucky there on that spot and then ended up hitting another uh hitting another parlay later on in the day. And I uh, ended up having a good week betting, even if even you know, even if I went five hundred on fantasy during the week so not a bad week for me I can't complain said all that just to jump into the beginning here of our episode for the week before we start that and give you our socials we are on twitter if you'd like to follow us we are at the nine route one and at scott from delco uh, if you'd like to email the show if you have any suggestions or comments we are at the nine route ffb at gmail.com we also have a if you'd like to check out any of our episodes or uh, any of our contests or anything that are that we have going on that website is Uh i made a note in the the show doc about this week i did not realize going into the week but as it turns out i'm watching the games and i'm realizing that these things are going on and uh it turned out that week 10 ended up being you know sort of Family week in the NFL, we had uh, we had three sets of brothers playing against each other. Equinemius St. Brown and Amon Ross St. Brown played each other. Uh, Dalvin and James Cook played against each other in that Buffalo-Minnesota game. And Nick and Joey Bosa played against each other in the Sunday night game. So that was kind of cool. And then we also had a set of cousins, first cousins, Nick and Bradley Chubb playing against each other since Chubb got traded to the Dolphins, uh, the, mm-hmm. the Dolphins-Browns uh, game. So... That was kind of a, a weird thing for, for all of the, it seems like all of the, the brothers that are in the league. I mean, the Watt brothers didn't get to play against each other. I would probably completed uh, the, the family weekend here in the NFL, but uh, pretty cool that, that all of these uh, siblings got to play against each other in NFL games and, and uh, ended up being a, a pretty cool little side story for week 10. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we got to get into some bad news here uh, with our injuries and news. Time for the news. We'll stick with some good news for the first part here. Jeff Saturday gets his first win as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. They beat the Raiders in a, a pretty good game. They one by five. Uh, it was a, it was a very entertaining game, and I think Saturday did a, a pretty good job coaching for not having any experience. I think that he is, uh, you know, he's kind of what a lot of these NFL head coaches aren't, which is leaders. You know, a lot of these guys come from either an offensive or a defensive coordinator position, and they specialize on one side of the ball. And, you know, especially the offensive guys, you know, guys like Sean McVay, you know, these these innovative play callers that are head coaches. And I think, and, and you know, Jim Mercer, you know, he's a little strange. He's got his, his quirks, but I think I see what he was going for here because Jeff Saturday lets his offensive and defensive coordinators call the plays and he just manages the game and manages the practices during the week. And I think that, you know, this, this could actually be something that you could see other teams and other owners starting to look for rather than looking for these super innovative play callers, because I think that there is, as we saw the season with Nathaniel Hackett in Denver, there's something to be said for guys who just understand the game of football and understand how to lead men into, you know, say battle, like it's, you know, it's a war or whatever, but, but that's how football is. It's, you know, it's a very physical game. And, uh, I think there's, there might be something to this Jeff Saturday hire that, uh, you know, we kinda, we kinda laughed at at first, but, uh, he, he definitely seems like he's got his head screwed on the right way. And, uh, seems like he could be a good coach moving forward. Uh, some interesting news just coming out as we were
0: getting ready to get started here at the 9-round. I- again, just kind of broke right as we were getting ready to start talking. It looks like the Harrison Cardinals are releasing Eno Benjamin from the roster. It just kind of popped up. Uh, it was a, a tweet that came from Adam Schefter. Interesting that it's happening the way it is. Obviously, with Uh, You know, you have Keontae Ingram, you have Darrell Williams that could be, you know, obviously players now on the waiver wire, things like that. It's kind of hard to understand. It has to be something a little bit behind the scenes, some type of locker room kerfuffle or off the field issue or possibly something maybe even as much as, um, uh, you know, a poor performance, maybe in the blocking game as a running back. He's in his 3rd year of a 4-year rookie deal. So, you know, he's making less than half a mil. It's not like they're saving a ton maybe by doing any moves with him. It seems almost disciplinary to this point or or to make an example of somebody. Uh, I mean, in obviously James Conner was injured and and Benjamin had a couple weeks there where he filled in nicely. Uh, in our league of record, he's actually a couple slots better than James Conner uh, for the sake of a point. So again, they're kind of like right there when it comes to each other. It's hard to figure, like we say, as far as on the field performance, uh, we did take a note, uh, assuming that he was active yesterday, which I don't remember seeing that he was inactive, but uh, that he had nothing to do in yesterday's game. It doesn't look like he was targeted, no touches, uh, arguably that he just wasn't really on the field at all. So a dead blank slate there, you know, coming off of, of a game against the Rams, which obviously they did win, but... It's a little murky right now, but if Eno Benjamin is gone from Arizona, I would assume some team is going to pick him up pretty quick uh, you know, to fill in nicely. Uh, again, the only thing that would keep teams away is if there was some off the field uh, NFL discipline stuff that may be coming to light again, maybe in the next day or so.
1: You slept with Cliff Kingsbury's wife or something, probably. Who knows? <laughs> I, I it's just, it's just so random. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm totally, I was trying to say that with the street face, but I, yeah, well, I, you yeah. never know, man, or somebody <laughs> else's no. And again, that's some
0: locker room stuff that could go South fast. I, I mean, yeah, somebody, you know, gets in a fight with somebody, you know, maybe him and James Conner don't get along. Maybe he's pissed that Conner came back and he's kind of pushed to the back burner. I, I don't know. And, and again, Ingram being there as a rookie on a four year deal with a higher draft pedigree, Benjamin was a seventh rounder. So it, it It's hard to tell exactly what their, you know, modus operandi is with this other than, again, it has to be something disciplinary. Previously game, previous game that he played in with Seattle Seahawks uh, two weeks ago that they lost. looks like Kyler Murray was sacked five times. Did he miss a blocking assignment, not own up to it, or has it always been an issue? I don't follow the Cardinals. I just know their players, but it's very interesting to see that this just randomly pops up uh, for a player that looked like he had some upside and promise in an offense that, again, has found ways to use him effectively when, when there. But again, I think he's going to latch onto somebody that's looking for a little depth at running back, possibly even in their own division, that's aware of his ability and, and maybe look to move forward with him there. So just keep an eye on him. I wouldn't drop him right away to see where uh, everything falls out. But if it's NFL based, uh, you know, then maybe that's a different story. It could be facing a suspension. We don't know about these guys get those random drug tests and stuff like that, but this just is very weird. Not weird considering, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury and some of the calls he makes, but at the end of the day, it's, it's just uh, just kind of was like, wow, really? Again, because I know they have some injury news too uh, that we're going to talk about down the road, but but an odd one, you know, Benjamin, no longer with the Arizona Cardinals.
1: Yeah, another running back. Well, this is an injury, not a release, thank, thank goodness, but uh, Leonard Fournette uh, left the game in Germany the end of the fourth quarter there it turns out as a hit pointer he should be okay to play in week 12 after their bye uh, I would still recommend picking up Rashad White off of your waivers if he's available which we'll talk about him a little bit later but you know it looks like you know Fournette should be okay which is just something that that kind of stung him and, and knocked him out of uh the end of that game against the Seahawks this week
0: Next guy up is Chicago Bear running back Khalil Herbert. Also uh, picked up a hip injury during their loss to the Detroit Lions. Still being evaluated, nothing has come out yet out of Chicago. So that's something you're going to want to keep an eye on. Uh, He's obviously the the top points producer out of that Chicago Bears backfield. I know their offense is kind of taken off in the last couple weeks looks like they finally uh opened up (laughs) opened up everything and are allowing their players to to finally maybe live up to their hype again in our league of record coming into this week we were looking at you know rb 23 pretty good area to be in uh so the hip injury we don't know how bad it is if it's something that's going to hold khalil herbert out for a week or two if you're a david montgomery owner maybe you have him handcuffed already you're probably going to be sitting okay other than that, I mean, I know there's Treston Ebner, who is the rookie that was like the third guy. Uh, you might want to look to maybe pick him up as a backup because uh, they may try to feed him as much as he did Herbert if he's out for this week.
1: Yeah, scary injury in the Cardinals-Rams game. Uh, at the end of the game, Cooper Cup went down. He he went up for a pass. As he was coming down, Cardinals defender sort of came in to, to, to tackle him, came in love and sort of hit his lower leg and ankle area uh, right as he was hitting the ground. And uh, he ended up leaving the game, didn't come back. they are doing an MRI today to find out uh, exactly the extent of the injury. Uh, when interviewed after the game, head coach Sean Bay said it didn't look or sound good, but there's no nothing definitive yet as far as how much time he's going to miss. Uh, I did see a report with uh, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network earlier that said, They're expecting him to miss some time uh, as far as how much some is. They didn't say they nobody really knows at this point, but if you are a Cooper cup owner, you will most likely be without him for at least a few weeks. Uh, It does seem like they avoided the worst case scenario, which was a broken bone uh, or, or like I said, like a torn uh, ACL or MCL on the knee. It's definitely going to keep him out at least next week and possibly a few weeks into the future. So, Uh, Make sure that you are making arrangements to have Cooper Cup out of your lineup if you have him in any of your fantasy rosters. Uh, Yeah,
0: another wide receiver. This happened yesterday in the Kansas City-Jacksonville matchup. Juju Smith-Schuster left the game. He was being evaluated for a head injury, a concussion. I did see uh, actually somebody I think in one of our leagues mentioned that maybe Uh, after catching the ball or or on a run he put his head down and and obviously if he maybe had any helmet the helmet contact or got hit pretty hard in the head yeah nowadays that's not going to take much uh for that concept Uh, and the nfl obviously with concussion protocol they would have taken him out of the game immediately and and again he's going to be evaluated uh we'll see if there's any lingering effects if he gets cleared this week to come back then it's probably going to be business as usual you do have some guys floating out there on the waiver wire that are probably still available. Kadarius Tony is still available in some leagues. You know, Sky Moore could be floating around out there. Um, it depends. I mean, again, you have to kind of monitor this and see what happens. By Wednesday, we should have a pretty good clear idea uh, if he's in protocol still, and if he's out of it, and, and how massive this was. But again, Juju miss schuster keep an eye on him. Concussion in the game this week uh, being evaluated. We'll see how he does with concussion protocol.
1: Jerry Judy also injured himself uh, early in that Denver game. Uh, ended up not registering a, a target in that game, got, got hurt so early. Uh, he is also getting an MRI. They're saying that it looks like it's something behind his ankle, a muscle behind his ankle. It's not an Achilles tendon, which is a good thing. Those are potentially season ending, but it is strain or sprain in a muscle behind the ankle is what they're saying so far. Uh, So again, just something to keep an eye on as the week goes on. Usually these ankle injuries with guys who are, you know, receivers, running backs, making quick cuts, things like that. uh, Generally, these these tend to uh, either keep them out or slow them down to the point where they aren't very productive when they're in there. So if you do have Jerry Judy, uh, I would say for at least for next week, you might want to look for some sort of replacement just to be safe in case he either doesn't play or does play, but is limited in that game uh, against the Raiders. Uh, this next one kind of hurts us a little bit here at the
0: nine round uh, for a, a Philadelphia it hurts, Eagle. It hurts us. It, it, yeah, I'm not making any puns. It? <laughs> it, it, it hurts I will. us. I'm not above uh, a pun. No, I know you're not. <laughs> not in our, Not in the standings <laughs> in our league either. Um, you're welcome.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one.
0: But all kidding aside, big name for us here. And again, he's a guy that helped me win back-to-back titles back in the day. Uh, Zach Ertz, former Eagle, who's been with the Arizona Cardinals. This is his first full season. He was traded last year out there and kind of almost had like a career renaissance, so to speak, uh, and has been – Basically, the, the Zach Ertz of old uh, coming into, you know, obviously yesterday's game was the tight end three, you know, had been doing everything that he normally did. He's no yak, Zach. I get that. He doesn't get the extra yardage, but making the receptions, getting the touchdowns, a couple two-point conversions, it didn't look good from the jump. Basically, there was a 12-yard reception. He sustained a knee injury and I believe was carted off the field to the locker room and, through the game that he did not return, obviously that's a bad sign. The cart's a bad sign, you know, he's not a kid anymore. And then unfortunately, as of today, they were hoping to avoid it. He wasn't a brace, but MRI has ruled a uh, significant damage to his knee and he will miss the rest of the season. I'm gonna have season any surgery and, and kind of puts this guy at a, a bit of a crossroad. I, I mean, to say he has nothing left to prove is one thing in and of itself. You know, Super Bowl champion, probably (laughs) down the road, probably gonna angle pretty hard and and probably be a a Hall of Famer. He does hold the season record for receptions, I believe, still. I don't think anybody's passed
1: him yet. Yeah, Uh, by a tight end.
0: Yeah, by a tight end. I mean, Mm -hmm. and that that's pretty high air considering how like unique that position is. Obviously, somebody down the road might clip that, you know, with with the level of athleticism that we see out of these guys nowadays. But, you know, he obviously still had Let's see, one, two more years left on his deal. We'll see how that shakes out, but, but definitely hard to see for Zach Hertz to go down. Trey McBride was the rookie that was highly drafted, uh, top rookie tight end taken this season, and Steven Anderson are the backups out there. Uh, this week's matchup might be a little tough, but the Trey McBride uh, it might be worth a pickup on the waiver wire. We'll we'll probably talk about that in a little bit, though.
1: Yeah, and the last injury we're going to talk about, another tight end, Gerald Everett went down uh, in the second quarter with a groin injury. Because we record on Monday, really difficult to get updated injury news. So we're not really sure the extent of the injury or if it's going to cost him any time, uh, missed time. I mean, other than the time he already missed in that game. But another name to watch is Gerald Everett has been a pretty good option at the tight end position in fantasy. So just if you if you roster Gerald Everett, just make sure that you're keeping an eye on the injury updates and also as waivers will run. Usually Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Make sure that you have another option if you if Gerald is the only man on your roster. Make sure that you have another option just in case he cannot go uh, next week. Usually with the groin injuries, they they tend to get some rest and, and they're okay and, and you can generally play again. But uh, you know, that's the general rule. That's not the rule for every single groin injury. So uh, just just keep an eye on that moving forward. And with that Luckily, we are out of the
0: injury news. We're gonna talk about obviously the the corollary to that, which is waiver wire uh, for week 11. Weekly waiver wire. There are four teams on a bye this week for week 11, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Miami Dolphins, Seattle Seahawks, and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we know that everybody's gonna have a little bit of play on those teams. You're gonna be looking for backup quarterback uh, concepts. Maybe you've been streaming, maybe not. Uh, and obviously your skill positions. So we're gonna give you a couple names here to get you started and kinda of get those uh, thoughts rolling maybe for for that. Or if you're just looking to make a change, somebody hasn't been playing too well for you for the last couple of weeks. Uh, first up, we're gonna talk about Matt Ryan. The guy got his big surprise start this week and performed. Uh, and obviously against the Raiders, it seems like that's not hard to do. He did put up close to 25 points in our league of record. You know, quietly, Matt Ryan was doing pretty well as a quarterback. He hasn't played in two weeks and is still one of the top guys in yardage. Uh, he's still a top 20 t- quarterback in our league after this week. Uh, You know, what was done down there was obviously weird. We talked about Indianapolis at length. So if Matt Ryan is available, which he more than likely is, uh, he's only owned in about 7% of leagues. Everybody dropped him after the Sam Ellinger bump up and all that stuff. With Jeff Saturday, he may realize that you can't do a guy dirty like that. He might win a week for you. Uh, he might not win the league, but you know he may. He's definitely going to bring a presence to that offense. If Matt Ryan's out there, he's definitely a good bye week fill in. Obviously, depending on his matchups and things of that nature. They have a tough matchup coming up this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. But you know, garbage time, things of that nature. He'll he'll find a way to get you some points. So Matt Ryan, take a look at him. He is available and the starting quarterback now for the Indianapolis Colts.
1: Yeah, another quarterback that's available if you have a QB on by Marcus Mariota. He's only 38% rostered in leagues, you know, guys, not a a league winner per se. He's not one of those guys who's, you know, going to necessarily put up 30 points a week, but because of his rushing ability, uh, he has a a decent floor where he's really not going to submarine your team and, and kill you of the nine games that he's played so far this year. He's only had two weeks under 10 points. And all of the other weeks, he's been above 19 points. So, again, with that rushing floor that he provides, you know, he's not going to throw the ball a ton. He's, he's not Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's, he's not going to go out there and sling it 45 times and, and throw four touchdowns. But you pick up 60, 70 yards with your legs. You throw a touchdown. You rush for a touchdown. All of a sudden, you're looking at a, you know, 24, 25 point week. So, if you got Tom Brady, if you got, Tua Tugavailoa, or you know, even Geno Smith, who's on a bye this week, who's been a really good quarterback for fantasy this year so far. Uh, if you got one of those guys and you're looking for a replacement, especially for this week, Marcus Mariota is not a bad option. Again, he's not going to be a league winner, but he can get you through. He can get you through a bye week. He can get you through an injury if if you need it. Next name up, a little controversial. Some of that has worn off, but
0: Deshaun Watson, he's only owned in about 35, 36% of leagues. He can start practicing as of today and can play as soon as week 13 against his former team, the Houston Texans. The irony that this was lined up this way (laughs) couldn't be any kind of that wasn't planned at all. Nah, the NFL would never do that for ratings, not at all. Right now, uh, in, in our league of record, I believe Jacoby Brissett has done decent work overall and has been able to be a, a tangible quarterback. He's QB 20, you know, has just kept things moving. Uh, they don't expect him to be that guy. Basically just holding, not, not holding the clipboard, but, you know, holding the ball, so to speak, until this finally came to fruition. We know the player... Of Deshaun Watson and the ability that he had with the Houston Texans and what he did for that team as a all around solid quarterback. He can run with the football, he can pass the football, smart decision maker, touchdowns, you name it. Like he he gets you points. He's going to be that guy. It'll be interesting to see how much he does factor in right away. Does he come back in and he he gets the game speed back right away? Is it going to take him a couple weeks to get some rapport with some of these guys as far as wide receivers? Ah, uh, they don't have a potent passing offense as we speak. Uh, you know the Browns are only getting about 217 yards through the air. We know they're a ground-based team. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and the like. But it does give them an added, per, you know, an added piece to that offense where they haven't had a quarterback of this caliber. Albeit, if he's that Deshaun Watson of a couple years back, then maybe there's something to look for if he's available in your league. Uh, and you're looking to maybe pick up a piece that could be something for a, a playoff run. Uh, maybe he's a guy he can get right now and stash and just start to monitor how quickly he does get back to the Deshaun Watson of old. We'll see what happens. But he is available to Deshaun Watson in most leagues right now.
1: Just real quick, if you if your trade line hasn't passed and you're looking to pick up some, you know, some players who may be on the rise. Uh, picking up some of the, the pieces in this passing offense, n- not a bad idea. I know David Njoku was probably dropped in a lot of leagues when he was injured. Uh, Mari Cooper had a good season with Brissett and Donovan Peoples-Jones had a good game this past week but hasn't had the best you know season overall. If any of those guys are available on your waivers or if you can make a trade to get one of those pieces at a, uh, you know, a bit of a discount, uh, I would go out and do that because I do think that Deshaun Watson – Instantly makes this offense better. Maybe not the very first week. Like Scott said, there's definitely some, you know, getting used to game speed after not playing for basically a, a year and a half. But once he figures it out and does look like that, Deshaun Watson, of this offense could completely change. And you could see a, a marked improvement in their scoring, in their passing numbers. And, uh, and I think if you get a, a couple of those pieces on your roster, they could help you uh, to a fantasy championship. Uh, now we're going to jump into some of the running backs that are available. We try to keep this as much as possible to players that are available in at least 50% of leagues. Uh, the first running back is exactly, at least from the the leagues that I look, which are NFL.com, ESPN, and Yahoo. This player is roughly 50% rostered in those leagues. It's Ken Drake for the Baltimore Ravens. It's possible that Gus Edwards may be out again in week 11. If that ends up being the case, then Drake is a guy that you can pick up off of waivers and immediately put in your starting lineup this week. Uh, They go against Carolina, who is not very good against the running back position in fantasy football. And with all the injuries that Baltimore seems to have been having on the running back position over the past couple of years, uh, Drake is a guy who... If you pick him up now, I would keep him on your bench. I would I would try my hardest to not drop him if possible because these running backs in Baltimore, they just, for whatever reason, just cannot stay healthy. And, uh, you know, Drake is basically going to be the guy until Gus Edwards gets back, until J.K. Dobbins, if he ends up com- even coming back this year at all. But if not, then, then Drake is the guy, and he's the guy on a predominantly rush first offense. So uh, if he's available in your league, definitely go out. And and get him rostered right away. Uh, another name had a pretty solid game yesterday,
0: so it's going to be interesting to see how this backfield moves forward. With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Rashad White, he's a rookie. He's only owned in about twenty five percent of leagues, roughly, going into a bye week. So you may actually see some owners even release him. He had a nice game yesterday. You know, a lot of people are hyping it as a total takeover in the backfield. We shall see. 22 carries for 105 yards Sunday in the Buccaneers' win over the Seattle Seahawks in Germany. Through the season, you've started to see his usage increase. Leonard Fournette has had some games where he wasn't quite, you know, the Leonard Fournette of old, so to speak. That's probably a big thing there That that is what is driving this, that people see that the rookie is starting to take on more and more. Could it turn into a, a true timeshare or a hot hand concept? possibly, uh, but when it comes to Brady and things of that nature, he's always going to kind of lean on the guys that he can trust. If this kid makes a mistake, he's not going to see the light of day type of thing. You know, that that is how quarterbacks go, and we know that, albeit that there is a coach there in Todd Bowles who is a good coach, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if he does truly take this over. Going into a bye week, Fournette did get a little banged up and, and had to lead the game in the fourth quarter, so that had a little bit of an effect on – the amount of touches that Rashad White did receive. Going into a bye week, again, we'll see how things get, you know, reevaluated health-wise and whatnot. And and I'm sure based on his performance, they are going to look to get the football in his hands more. Brady does like, you know, players that can make things happen. And if he's another piece to that puzzle in a division that is still up for grabs in the NFC South, I could see Rashad White becoming that kind of guy. So if he's available, especially on a bye week, he's worth a stash. Pick him up and we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, this one here, we're going to talk about two backs from the same team. Both are less than 50% rostered, and both probably should be more than 50% rostered. Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon for the Kansas City Chiefs. Pacheco was about uh, 24% rostered, and McKinnon is 13% rostered. I think the Chiefs are officially finally moving away from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He was barely involved in their game in Week 10, and this backfield seems like, it's more of a split between Pacheco and McKinnon now where Pacheco is taking a lot of the rushing work and McKinnon is getting, you know, the pass catching work and, and the uh, long down and distance and, you know, two minute drill, stuff like that. So these are both guys who play for one of the better offenses, the highest scoring offense in the league right now. So having them on your roster gives you a- an option to put in the flex or in your RB2 spot. Week to week, if you have any injuries, bye weeks, anything like that, where uh, you know you just need a guy to plug in that can you know maybe get you somewhere around to twelve points. Pacheco seems like the guy who's going to get a lot of the goal line carries, the uh, you know potential touchdowns, and uh, McKinnon is probably a better option in a PPR league because he has been getting a lot of like I said the, the pass catching work in the offense. So again, if you're weak at the running back position and you need a guy to just jump in there and, and get you some points, get you through a week, uh, either of these guys can get that job done. Both of them have boom potential week, to week just because of the offense that they play on. I think Pacheco is probably more riskier because of the fact that he does what C.E.H. does well, whereas McKinnon sort of keeps that uh, that specialized pass-catching role to himself. So so McKinnon, to me, seems like the safer guy but also a guy who could potentially be scripted out of a game if the Chiefs get up big and uh you know don't really need to to throw the ball a ton which even when they're up big they seem to throw the ball a ton anyway but uh yeah definitely two guys that you can throw on your roster and and plug into your lineup in a a pinch and
0: we're going to talk about another running back that is uh Surprisingly, becoming more of a factor than anybody, including myself, thought coming into this season. Jalen Warren of the Pittsburgh Steelers, very low ownership 15, maybe 20%, depending on your league. Uh, You know, if you're in Dynasty, stuff like that, that's probably not already been rostered. But there was mention coming into this week that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to start to get him more involved. I myself was a Najee Harris truther. I thought he was going to have a monster season, you know, albeit with a suspect offensive line and so on and so forth, but that they'd lean on him a little bit more. There was a Liz Frank injury that was downplayed at the beginning of the season during training camp, and whether or not that's a factor or not has kind of not been released by any team sources or anything, but his production is down, uh, way down from what it was last year, his overall effectiveness, which – I know in some of the metrics he wasn't an efficient runner when it came to certain opportunities but he still put up the stats he had 90 receptions over 300 carries and had the look of the next alabama workhorse that hasn't happened this season jalen warren was highly touted in training camp as a rookie very solid hard runner gets the yardage and mike tomlin and the team really liked him a lot wasn't going to take that spot but he's had double digit scoring in the last two games uh, ppr of course I uh, played on about 43% of the snap. So that's some usage, that's some field time, and that's going to get you points in a hurry. So for Pittsburgh, for Jalen Warren, for you, I would say you definitely got to get him on your team. I know a lot of Harris people probably had him as a, a handcuff just to maybe make it a safer play. Uh, and maybe you're starting to see that that is kind of starting to turn into a, a possible borderline timeshare. Jalen Warren, if he's available, pick him up. Depending on how things go with Pittsburgh, he could end up, being a de facto RB1 sooner than later. All
1: right, so let's move into the wide receivers. There's quite a few of these. We're going to try to get through them fairly quickly. First and foremost, with the Cooper Cup injury, go out and check and see if Allen Robinson is available in your league. He's owned in roughly 56% of the leagues. I know it's a little bit higher than the the 50% threshold that we try to keep these guys under, but I felt like he was such a big, uh, important add this week that if he is available in your league, please go out and pick him up. The Rams have other options at wide receiver. You know, Ben Skoronix had a good year. Van Jefferson came back recently off of injury, still kind of, you know, getting his feet wet in the offense a little bit. But Allen Robinson, I think, is going to have to be the guy for the next couple weeks while Cooper Cup is out. I don't love having to say that and having to put Allen Robinson in my lineup if i have him but the rams are going to have to throw the ball to somebody and i think cooper being out could sort of force matthew stafford and alan robinson to to kind of get on the same page a little bit and that could actually be good for this team as a whole for the rest of the season because when cup does come back uh, you know maybe there's a little bit more chemistry between robinson and stafford moving forward due to the fact that you know this is kind of being forced on them but also, uh, just go out and pick up Van Jefferson, pick up Ben Skoranek. We don't know yet how this offense is going to look without Cooper Cup, so rostering as many of these options as you can afford to roster is a smart move until things kind of shake out, and then you can kind of see who ends up being the target leader, who ends up being the the, the playmaker on the offense. Uh, but definitely check for, for those three guys specifically and and pick them up and, and just see what happens over the next few weeks. Next guy up, we're looking at, for those of you that were paying attention, Christian
0: Watson had his breakout game. I was very surprised to see that that happened the way that it happened against the Dallas Cowboys, who have an excellent defense, uh, secondary and otherwise. Very low ownership. A lot of people would have dropped him, uh, struggling with some injuries and things like that throughout the season. I kind of had him, I know Pat, we kind of talked about it, I think last week to have him a little bit written off and, and, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, He had an amazing game, four catches on eight targets, 107 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, You saw Aaron Rodgers have a solid rapport with him and if it's just the injuries that were holding him back and he is going to play up to that first round talent, second round talent ability that he had, that he came out of college with. Uh, if he has games like this for the rest of his career, then he is going to be that guy. If he's available, I would say it's a no brainer. You need to go out and get this guy immediately because if to have a game, like he did with a quarterback like that, again, there's some drops on the way. Yeah. Is he going to put this up all the time? No. Uh, but this is why they drafted him to be that guy in this kind of game. Christian Watson, if he's available, don't even hesitate. Make him a priority waiver pickup. Uh, he has potential to possibly win your lead down the road because the Packers, as poor as they played at the beginning of the season, could angle back into a potential playoff spot, and they're not going to give up without a fight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think any time you play with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you have the potential to do great things. Uh, if you've listened to our podcast uh, you know, since the preseason, I said coming into the season that Watson – has the ability to be the best wide receiver in this draft class. He's got the the athletic talent. It was just a matter of you know getting on the same page with Rodgers, and it looks like uh, you know they were at least able to do that in, in this game this past week against Dallas. Uh, another wide receiver pickup that you could be looking at, uh, I think we're starting to get into a spot now where uh, these are more of, uh, if you have roster space, you can add these guys. Uh, I think Robinson and Christian Watson are must I think you have to create space for those guys if unless your team is just stacked but uh these are some other guys where if you're you know again you had some injuries you got some people by week and you and you need some fill-ins these are guys that could that could do it for you uh darius slayton he's only four percent owned in uh the the three major fantasy sites he's basically become the number one option in this offense i I was very big on Juan robinson we've been talking about him or i've been talking about him specifically for the past couple weeks I still think that there's the chance for Robinson. I just, he seems to be more like the gadget guy, like what Rondell Moore was last year, which is, you know, sort of the, the low a dot guy gets targeted around the line of scrimmage. And then, you know, the team kind of expects him to, to make guys miss and, and, you know, get some yards after the catch. Whereas Slayton is more of your traditional wide receiver goes out, runs good routes and, um, and has better speed than I think he gets credit for. Uh, the Giants are not a high-volume passing offense, so I wouldn't go out and pick up Slayton and expect to be able to just put him in my lineup every week. But if they match matchup is good, uh, which I think it will be this week, and, again, you need a, a wide receiver to plug into a flex spot or or wide receiver you play with one of those really deep leagues where you have like three or four wide receivers that you have to play, uh, Slayton is not a bad option. I actually have him on... Uh, one of my uh, dynasty rosters and had him in my lineup this week and uh, that paid off for me. So Slayton is is definitely a guy who, you know, isn't going to be that guy every week, but we'll have his ups and downs. And and if you catch him a good week, could definitely help you uh, win a week in, in your fantasy league. Another rookie
0: wide receiver that is possibly angling back into being what he was touted to be. Traylon Burks coming back off of a little IR stint. Uh, with a toe injury. Yes, they can be serious <laughs> in the NFL. He's only owned in about 22% of leagues right now. Made his way back onto the field for this week. Was cleared to play. It was interesting to see how he was going to be used. Played oh, about 56% of the snaps. Six targets in his first game back from injury. In an offense that is kind of trying to still find itself. You had a Tannehill injury. You had Malik Willis playing for a little bit. Robert Woods has been disappointing for the most part. I know... Uh, Nick Westbrook-Akini, I can never say that name right. Bikini. Akini Akini. <laughs> uh, had a nice little game yesterday as well. So uh, again, Burks was supposed to be the guy that they traded Brown to become the next heir apparent, so to speak. If he's available, definitely worth a spot on your roster and to see how things shake out. For a rookie first round wide receiver to be a factor is probably going to be something. And with that time off, he was maybe able to take in a little bit more of the playbook and, and start to get things down. So Traylon Burks is available. Definitely worth the spot
1: on your roster moving forward. The Raiders had before this game this past week had placed Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller on the IR. Both are designated to return at some point. So they, they must miss four games before they can come back in that time. uh, You can pick up and potentially start Mac Hollins. He's only about 14% rostered and he kind of becomes the the number two pass catching option on the team behind uh, Devontae Adams. Obviously, Hollins has always been good. I, I remember him when he was here in Philadelphia, you know, making big plays in the preseason, uh, and then just for whatever reason, just couldn't get on the the field very much in the regular season. But is a solid player. I think you know has the the build. He's, he's six. Uh, I think he's six foot four. Uh, about 210 pounds. So he, you know, he's he's a big guy, big target, pretty quick, good hands, and he plays for a team that, you know, they they just continue to lose ball games, which, you know, isn't necessarily good for their for the Raiders, but is good for your fantasy team because it generally means that they're going to be in close games where they're going to be in passing scripts, they're going to have to throw the ball, and with just Devontae Adams basically there, uh, you know. Foster Moreau ended up with a good game, and, and he can do his damage while Darren Waller is out. But I think Matt Collins kind of gets the biggest boost from Renfro and Waller being on the IR. So, again, if you have space, I'm not telling you to go out and you know you have to add Matt Collins. But he's already had one really good game this year, and it's within his range of, of possibilities to have another one. So, uh, again, you can throw him on your roster as a, uh, a back-of-the-bench type of guy break glass in case of emergency type thing. Another wide receiver
0: that has uh, quietly started to live up to a little hype uh, from last year, so to speak, Terrace Marshall Jr. of the Carolina Panthers, a very light ownership, 15, maybe 20% in some leagues. He's been in 85% of the snaps over the last four weeks, five targets a game over that stretch. Just looking back at some of what he's done He's had two double-digit games uh, in our league of record. Last week was the second game in three weeks against the Atlanta Falcons. So he was kind of held to just one catch for 43 yards, albeit a big one. Uh, So, you know, there was potential. Only two targets. They knew to cover him up, but had put up 12, almost 13 points and a little over 14 in back-to-back weeks. If he's going to start to get that kind of usage, it's going to be interesting to see. I know quarterback-wise, there was uh, P.J. Walker. We didn't mention it but we're not going to mention Carolina Panther quarterbacks too much. Uh, PJ Walker, high ankle sprain, possibly not, or more than likely out for this week, I believe. So that could be a a Baker Mayfield start. We'll see if they have the same chemistry moving forward, but if Terrace Marshall's out there, uh, worth hanging on to, if he's starting to get the, uh, the credit that he deserves from the quarterback for his abilities on the field, uh, LSU product in his second season, uh, remains to be seen if he will be a thing moving forward, but worth a pickup if you have a roster spot.
1: This next one, I'm just going to kind of breeze through and then we'll move on to the tight ends. Uh, we told you last week to pick up Odell Beckham Jr. He was at 21% roster ship last week. He's up to 37% now. He's looking to sign with the team soon, hopefully. Uh, we don't know where he's going to go, but we do know that he's more than likely going to go to a team that has playoff potential, that's looking to make a playoff push. and I, I don't see teams you know, at the bottom of the league being willing to pay Uh, A guy like Odell Beckham, what he's asking for to just you know finish out a a bad season, so more than likely he's going to end up with a good offense somewhere. Chiefs, Bills, potentially back with the Giants, they could use some pass catching help. Cowboys, uh, you know, there's there's a couple rumored places, but if he's available in your league, go ahead and grab him and just stash him. Again, if you have room on your bench, I I don't think he's going to be a major major impact guy. You might not even get to put him in your lineup until you know, the fantasy playoffs and, and then are you really going to trust him. So it's one of those things where I'm kind of rostering him in, in a league just to, you know, keep him away from my other fantasy managers in that league, uh, just in case he does end up on a good offense. And, and I don't want to have to play him in the, in the finals of, you know, one of my fantasy championships.
0: Finally, we're going to finish out here with a couple of tight ends that are possibly still available one should be one, maybe not so much based on his recent performance. First up, we're going to talk about Cole Komet of the Chicago Bears. A lot of people felt like it was going to be a breakout season for him, uh, albeit that offense had some question marks. And as we talked about earlier, mentioning the Khalil Herbert injury, that that offense has really, really taken off. Justin Fields uh, looks like the kind of quarterback that they thought they were getting. Everything seems to be clicking, and Cole Komet is just that guy. Five touchdowns in the last three games. Tight end one and two the past two weeks. He is playing at an elite level right now. They are getting him the football. Again, last year we saw a lot of play, but he couldn't get the touchdowns. Now if he's getting everything, he's making big plays down the field. This guy is probably a little higher in ownership now. Uh, definitely with bye week fill-ins and the recent performance, he's probably owned in just about half the league. Could still be available for, for some of those teams that are you know, a little gun shy to maybe pick him up right away. If he's out there, he's another no brainer right now. If he keeps this up, even half production would make him a top 10, obviously. And to have a top 10 tight end is a pretty big deal. If Cole Komet can continue his performance, that would be great to have on your roster, especially sliding into a playoff slot and trying to get a championship this season.
1: Yeah, I definitely think the Bears uh, offensive pieces could help you win a championship. This is one of those mid season turnarounds where you know getting these guys on your roster and and probably like you said should have gotten them on your roster you know as soon and, and this is the reason why a lot of our waiver pickups seem like like the Christian Watson one for example yeah of course yeah he had three touchdowns of course you're going to say pick him up but the reason that we're sort of hitting on this and making sure that you understand that you need to grab these players now is because if Christian Watson has another let's say whatever another 100 yard one touchdown week Everyone in your league is going to be clamoring to get Watson and he's going to, you know, if you're doing a fab waiver system, he's going to be bid through the roof to the point where you have to pay probably 50, 60% of your fab money. And that still may not even get it done. The reason that we try to get on these guys early and tell you to grab them early is because that's when they're the cheapest. It's like a stock. If you can invest when it's low you can reap the rewards and the benefits when it's high. So if commit is still available in your league, please go pick him up, get him on your roster. Even if you don't need him, if you have Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey or whoever pick up Colt Komet anyway, even if you don't end up playing him, it's better than having to play against him. You know, especially if you, you know, get one of these Justin Fields games where he blows up and Colt Komet is the tight end one again. So definitely go out and pick these guys up. Uh, another guy that you, Maybe not as high a priority as Kemet, but a guy who has slowly kind of worked his way into being a top 12 tight end in PPR leagues, Juwan Johnson for the New Orleans Saints. He's only about 8% owned, but he's been a top 10 tight end for three of the last four weeks. He's playing just around 25% of the snaps during that stretch and has four touchdowns in his last four games. He's going to be a little bit of a touchdown dependent tight end. Because he doesn't get a ton of targets. But we remember a couple of years ago with guys like Robert Tunyon, guys like Dawson Knox, these guys finished in the top six at the tight end position just based off of touchdown production. Joanne Johnson is one of those guys who has slowly climbed. He didn't have a finish inside the top 19, excuse me, inside the top 18 for the first six weeks of the season. And then tight end two, tight end eight and tight end four, three of the last four weeks. He's starting to get more involved in the offense, He's starting to get looks in the red zone. And like I said, he's caught four touchdowns in the last four games. If you are in need of a tight end, go out and pick up Juwan Johnson. He may not be a start every single week. He actually has a couple of tough matchups coming up, but he's a guy that, again, if you have an injury, if you have a bye week, if you have, a, you know, a, a tight end who isn't one of those top few guys who just starts to fall off, which we know tight ends can do, you have an option now that you you can plug into your lineup. So please go out, pick up Jawan Johnson, just throw him on the end of your bench, keep him away from someone else and and keep him available for you to use uh, in an emergency situation or maybe even be your starter depending on who your tight end is at this point. If you had Zach Ertz, Jawan Johnson's a, a perfect replacement if Cole Komet is not available in your league. All right, folks, and that
0: is going to do it for our week 11 news injuries and our waiver wire pickups. Again, Jacksonville, Miami, Seattle, Tampa Bay are on a bye, so you may need some options there. And hopefully we gave you some insight as to who, what, when, where, why, how, when it comes to filling in those gaps or picking up a guy again for a a stretch playoff run or to keep away from an opponent so that you know again they don't use that guy against you down the road that's always a good strategy to have you know we do appreciate everybody here for listening to us at the nine route you can check us out at our website with all the links at the nine route also we are at the nine route ffb at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email at the nine route on twitter uh, i am at scott from delco please feel free to reach out let us know how we're doing you know, uh, you have questions about our takes, or if you have a question about a a last minute lineup, what should I do? Uh, Again, we love that stuff. You can hit us up again on Twitter. You can shoot us an email, check us out. Definitely here at The Nightmare. We do appreciate everybody for listening. Speaking of those that listen and support, Want to give a big shout out to Mickey's Porta Call Pub in Tuckerton, New Jersey. Uh, Mickey and the boys and girls over there—it's just the best place. I mean, for everybody that knows about that area, it's a—it's a great spot to go. Specials all the time. Kids eat free. This is a great spot. Thursday night matchups. Swing by Mickey's, take it all in. Tell them we said hi. And again, uh, they are a good friend of the show here at the Nine Rail.
1: Yeah. Thank you to Mickey's once again for supporting the show. And uh, like Scott said, that's going to do it for this week. Hopefully we we were able to give you some good waiver wire pickups, some guys that you can look at uh, again with these four teams on by and with all of these unfortunate injuries that we had to go through. Uh, We know that some of your rosters are hurting out there and, uh, and hopefully these are these options that we gave you are some guys that can help to get you through And take you deep into your fantasy playoffs. Until next week. Peace.